friends, welcome to Wrestle Buddies GameSpot's wrestling podcast filled with friendship, wrestling, and wrestling with friendship. I am your host, Matt Elfring, and with me is my closest wrestle buddy, Chris Hayner. Chris, how are you? Matt, fan freaking tastic. It's a good day. Uh, we're a week out from my 39th birthday, which is oh, something. That's right. Ooh. Ooh. Um, but no, I'm I'm feeling good. Uh, as I mentioned last week, I'm on the I'm on the recovery from COVID tour. Uh, things are going well, and we got some fun, fun, fun on tap for today. But before we get into that fun, you should go rate and review us on iTunes, you silly goose. Also, the Apple Podcast app, because I don't know if iTunes exists anymore. I don't. I just used to saying iTunes, apparently. Yeah, me too. But yeah, rate us, review us, give us that five star review tell people why we're awesome and if you don't it's like saying that you're happy i've had covid honestly (laughs) yeah yeah it is which is offensive to me it has been the past three weeks for the wrestle buddies has been (laughs) been a time man weird oh it's been you had the you had the old covid i had a seizure i was like i was dead to the world for like a good five days we're but luckily, it. I recorded the episode before I had a seizure. We are killing. That's right. You did the stand back episode, and that's going to tie. Uh, that's going to tie into today's episode in some way, believe it or bit. not. So, Chris, what is on the fine dining menu for the Wrestle Buddies this week? Well, man, it's kind of a week of callbacks because not only are we going to sort of touch back on that on stand back, um, we're also going to dip into something that I first mentioned last week. Uh, we learned that Matt had never seen uh, early days TNA, no. which, is a, which is a crime. Uh, so what Matt doesn't know about is the most awfulest faction of all time, Sports Entertainment Extreme, also known as Sex. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk sex in segment two today. Oh, it is Wrestle Buddies <laughs> after, dark. after Dark. Power. Oh, I'm gonna put that music back in. We haven't used it since episode like 13. Ooh. So yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna inform you all. I'm. Gonna, you know what, Matt? I'm gonna give yeah. you all the sex talk. That's what's gonna happen. Oh uh, man, Papa Chris giving us the sex talk. Yeah, boy. Uh, but before that, uh, it's time for our latest installment of Unsolved Wrestling Mysteries. Chris, in the world of wrestling, there are many mysteries that remain unsolved. But in the past, we, we've discussed GTV. We blew mm. the door off of GTV. It's true. We don't remember who was behind the door. Matt and I discussed this earlier. We do not remember who we revealed to be behind the door of GTV. We just know that we blew that door right off its hinges. I'm pretty sure that was a president and somebody else. Like a of the United States, like a former president. I think oh, it was a politician, wow. someone who's dead. Wait, it's GTV. Was it Warren G. Harding? Probably. Yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. He that's on brand like for the us. Type, if you know what I mean. We also found out who was behind blowing up Vince McMahon's limo, which obviously was Paul London mm-hmm. and uh, Roderick McMahon, <laughs> Vince McMahon's long lost brother. Yeah, I'm assuming Paul London is Roderick's illegitimate child. Right. I thought he was a gun for hire. It's really hard to keep up with our own storylines. But ours are better, honestly. Yeah. And this week, we're going to find out who was Imposter Kane number two. 
Now I know what you're thinking. Yeah. We know who the imposter Kane was. It was Undertaker. He took the mask off. That's not that's not much of a reveal. We're not talking about that imposter Kane. What? We're talking about an imposter Kane that lasted three weeks during the ruthless aggression era. Oh. So, Chris, wow. let's get let's hop in yes. to our cars that go back in time or phone booths that go back in time, whatever your time machine uh, choice is. Mm. And we're going to go back to May 29th, 2006 on Raw. Oh, Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. Uh, brought to you by Zit Pads. Get rid of your zits with Zit Pads. Also, YJ Stinger. It's like an energy drink, but it's only a shot. You might have a heart attack. I don't know if that's true. YJ Stinger, I want you to know I held nothing against your brand. I honestly don't even know if you still exist. Also brought to you by Lugs boots that also have Kaboom Box stereo speakers in them. Oh, my God. Remember Lugs? Not Uggs, people. Lugs. They're like, it's like a work boot, but stylish, kind of. Brought to you by Ico Pro. Oh, Ico Pro. That's a segment. Anyway, May 29, 2006. Now, Kane is uh, having having himself a little bit of a match with Shelton Benjamin. Two Uh, great workers. Great, great workers. Uh, And this is the, I'd like to point out the see no evil era of Kane, where he is uh, shirtless, Mm -hmm. maskless, Mm -hmm. and half of his head is shaved for some reason. Like the Mm -hmm. back, the front half of his head is like bicked. And then this, the back half is just buzzed. Yes. Matt, I would like to uh, set the tone uh, personally uh, for the listeners. I told you about this beforehand. I actually yeah. saw Kane live during this period. Uh, mm-hmm. Me and my buddy were at the Monday Night Raw where Kane tombstone Linda McMahon onto the stage yes. for some. Oh, because I think he was feuding with Shane. Because I believe he also at one point hooked Shane McMahon's testicles up to a car battery wrestling uh he also at this point kane wore one weird contact yes and uh one of the signs that my buddy brought was just it was a he drew the contact and wrote and the sign said i am kane's contact and we (laughs) held that up during the show uh and only we thought it was funny i think it's funny thank you now Kane choke slams Benjamin to hell, which is a choke slam from the top rope. Mm-hmm. But before Kane could get that that hot pin, the lights went out, <gasps> and then there was some light red lights as well. And then there was a Kane voiceover that says, "This will never ever something something something." Was something. it like this? This will never ever. Was he using the vocoder that he goes well, up no, to his throat? No, it was like Kane's voice was like, "This will never ever." And then there was a bunch of other words that I could not understand what was happening. Okay, so cut to the Titan Tron. Now that is the Tron where Titan Sports reveals imagery and video of. Uh, they're WWE superstars. Oh, okay. Thank you for you like spelling that, that out. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what a Titan Tron was before this. I'm glad <laughs> you're here. I'm glad I'm here to explain Titan Trons and Titan Sports. Thanks, Vincent Linda McMahon. Oh boy. Now, on the Titan Tron is Kane's mask, which I'm pretty sure that means Kane's mask is a ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh it's we true. haven't had ghosts on the it's show like in a the while. Paint, it's like the painting of uh, Willem Dafoe in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It's haunting Kane and turning him evil. Yes. Yes. Uh, and so the it's like a really weird, like, it looks like bad 90s CGI. 
In wrestling? Get right out of town. <laughs> like, the mask is moving, and there's fire behind it. Uh, and then Kane's entrance music plays, and we're all like, wait a minute. I am confused. Question. Answer. So, at this point, Kane's entrance music is a Slow Chemical by Finger Eleven, uh, a.k.a. Kane's best theme, and also a total banger of a song. Um the entrance music that plays after this, is it that same one? I believe it was. See, originally I wrote down like, I think it's the old music, but I think it was the same. I can't, it all sounds the same to me. Yeah, that's finger 11, baby. It's a good song. It's such a good song. There. I use that repeatedly as my creator wrestler. music. I use that and uh, the disturbed stone cold Steve Austin song for creator wrestlers in games when it was included. I'm offended that it's not included now. Well, Chris, be prepared to be more offended because Masked Kane enters the arena with the worst wig I have ever seen. Now, this is Attitude Era Kane, full body suit, giant black glove. Mm -hmm. The mask is on. The heat is on. The hair mm -hmm. is there. The I I so I, I I looked it up and it looks like they went to a Halloween store and bought like a a kiss wig. Mm hmm. It's it looks super teased. It's really bad. Like, it's yeah. just like, the second you see it, you're just like, wig. like, that's all that you can come out of your mouth. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so Mask King comes to the ring, choke slams bald cane, and <gasps> then makes fire come out of the ring post by putting his hands up and down like typically Kane would do. Talk about gimmick infringement, y'all. Wow. <laughs> that would followed is three weeks of a, of a lawsuit. Uh -huh. And now I, and then, and then he hired someone to be Paul bearer to walk him to the ring, call him his son. Here's my son. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love Paul bear, but he totally sounds like those spooky, like ghosts. Uh, he sounds you, like a ghost. Whoa. I love Paul bearer. So, much. so he's so good. <laughs> Oh, the, if you haven't watched the Paul Bearer documentary on the WWE Network oh. now, drop everything and do it. It's so wonderful. And like it really gives you a whole new appreciation for that character and that performer, Bill Moody. It was just because he is just man. Like, he just envelops himself in that character. And it's like you would never have known. You would never have known the character he was pre WWE, which was literally nothing like Paul Bearer. He had mm -hmm. bleach blonde hair and he was very like. He was very kind of sort of Hollywood almost. Mm -hmm. uh, man, what a guy. So, Chris, I know what you're thinking. Like, this is going to be building up to a big match between bald, see no evil Kane and who Jim Ross is calling imposter Kane. <laughs> Matt, if Kane v. Kane isn't a WrestleMania main event, I don't know what we're even doing here anymore. Well, I, after weeks of masked Kane attacking bald Kane during matches and after matches... This leads to Vengeance 2006. Oh, premier pay-per-view, Vengeance 2006. Matt, uh, just, just to give you an idea of what was going on at this pay-per-view, mm -hmm. uh, the main event was a handicap match yes. in which D-Generation X, consisting of Shawn Michaels and Triple H, beat all five members of Spirit Squad. That was yes. the main event. That was a 17-minute, 45-second main event match. Well, uh, if you thought 17 minutes was too long, Chris, mm -hmm. let me tell you about a 9-minute and 40-something uh, uh, 
just a nine minutes, 40 seconds of Kane versus Kane. And that's with entrances. Uh, yes. I'm looking at it right now. The oh, I'm sorry, with a Kane entrance. Let's let's Kane two entrances. Kane entrances. Two Kane entrances. This the match was seven minutes. It was exactly seven minutes from bell to bell. Yeah. Oh. What else was on this card, Chris? Okay. Uh Val Venus defeated Rob Conway, the con man. Yes. Uh Randy Orton defeated Kurt Angle in what must have been a banger. That was the third longest match on the show. Uh, Umanga, uh, beat yes. Eugene. Eugene was led to the ring by Jim Duggan, Doink the Clown, and Kamala, Perfect. which is amazing. Uh, Ric Flair defeated Mick Foley in a two out of three falls match. Okay. Johnny Nitro beat Shelton Benjamin and Carlito to win the Intercontinental Championship. You know what? That sounds like a match I want to watch. Yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, for the WWE Championship, longest match on the card at 17 minutes, 55 seconds, Rob Van Dam successfully defended against Edge with Lita. I actually did watch that one because great match. And yeah. then in six minutes and 38 seconds in an extreme rules lumber match, Sabu <sighs> was beaten by John Cena via submission, which is just a weird, like a weird hodgepodge of words. Now, you're thinking that in this match, this is the first time we have masked Kane or imposter Kane versus regular old Kane. Yep. Obviously, regular Kane is going to get the win, right? Mm -hmm. No, Chris, imposter Kane wins their first meeting. Well, here's the thing, Matt. You have to build up like this is Matt. What we're talking about here is like the very beginning, the building blocks of a feud that's going to go the distance. Yes. Like Kane now has something to prove. He has been destroyed by his former self. He mm-hmm. is going to, he's going to train. He's going to become better. He's going to become more evil. He's going to like, I talk to the devil or whatever Kane does. Mm-hmm. And then eventually down the road at like a Royal Rumble or a WrestleMania, like a higher profile show, he is going to decimate imposter Kane in like what I can only assume is an Inferno match or yeah. a hell in a cell match. Chris, let's take a look down that long road to see where this story went. Yes. The next night on okay. the June okay. 26th episode of raw next building block. I love it. Next building block. Here we go. Kane, regular bald Kane yes. is facing Randy Orton. Ooh, towards Orton. the end of the match, the legend. or I should say the middle of the match mass Kane returns and comes to ringside and Kane yes. has to fight off Orton in the ring and mass Kane outside. Now, Orton gets the win, and then Mass Kane just gets beaten up and decimated by Unmasked Kane. So he's kind of proving himself. He's Ooh, getting there. I love it. I love it. We cut to a commercial. By the mm-hmm. way, I just want to—I uh, forgot to point out that at Vengeance 2006, the and at this Raw, the wig looked so much better. <laughs> yeah, the, looked, the wig does get a lot better. It they looks like a real how Kane bad wig. it was. Yeah. So we come back from that commercial break, and. Bald Kane is beating up Masked Kane backstage. Oh, my God. Ma- Bald Kane looks at Masked Kane and says, I believe this is mine. And he rips the mask off and then throws Imposter Kane out of the building. Ooh, that's a great next chapter to this feud. I, I can't wait to see where it goes. Chris, this is the last time you see Imposter Kane. What? And also... 
regular Kane is just gone from Raw for a while. What? Why? I don't know. Wait, he I, ripped I, he ripped Imposter Kane's mask off, and then just kicked him out of the building. So was it not Kane under the mask? They don't see, his, see you don't see his face. You just oh. see a bald guy, a bald head leave. Interesting. Now I do want to point out, um, because we have covered this topic on an episode before that this is the same episode that D generation X famously made fun of Vince McMahon's stand back. Uh, let the record show DX was wrong. Stand back is the greatest thing to ever happen in wrestling. It is. How it dare really you mock is. it, but also they're mocking. It was really funny. Uh, so it's been reported cause we never see imposter. Kane again. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when t- Remember when like new old dude DX like released shirts with chickens on them that said Vince loves cocks. Yeah, I do. <laughs> or anytime Triple H wanted to make sex jokes, he'd be like, oh, look, Sean, there's mean Gene. Go say hi. And Sean would walk away and Triple H would talk dirty on television because uh, Shane had uh because Sean was God a, and did not Sean want to be a, a part Christian, of that. Didn't want to be a part of the nonsense. He also didn't want to do the crotch chop. So I believe he started like crotch chopping his belly button. <laughs> Get in my belly. Oh, That's gimmick my. infringement. It's just it's it was two dudes in their 40s like being like, we're cutting edge young people. Look, we spray painted the corporate jet and made jokes about how I'm married to Stephanie McMahon. So, Chris, it's reported. Yeah. Throughout history or whatever, mm. that the person behind the mask was apparently Luke Gallows, who was wrestling as Festus, Festus during that time. Do you mean, the, that time. Do you mean uh, the, the modern day good brother? Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy from the Straightage Society. Sex Ferguson? Yeah. Cool. I don't believe it. I don't believe it because how Festus can you was be around. how can you be fake Kane and Festus and Sex Ferguson all at once and good brother and a good brother <laughs> and uh, a member society. of the Straightest Society? It doesn't yeah, add it, up. It, no, it doesn't. That doesn't make sense to me. So I am pretty sure, Chris, that I have the answer for mm. who was actually Imposter Kane number two. Can I theorize? First? Please go ahead. So, <clears throat> Matt, as we know, yes. prior to Undertaker's debut in WWE, he was set to be known as Kane the Undertaker. In fact, mm-hmm. I, it's entirely possible that during his first appearance, he was referenced as Kane the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Of course, as we all know him, he became Undertaker. He's take. He's big take. He's taker, bro. Uh, and then his brother became Kane. I am ready to posit a reality mm-hmm. where, in fact, there is a third brother. Okay. The. So just we the. have Kane, the and Undertaker, and the three of them should have been the three brothers of destruction. But Kane was too, like, spotlight hungry, as they say. He had he already had his mind set. He was going to become a mayor. He was going to enter the political world and wanted to make some waves. And he didn't need another brother to compete against. He already knew he couldn't be more popular than The Undertaker. Can I can I take your theory and just and put a little a little twist on it? Please. Little, I'm going to I'm going to posit that uh, 
so we've already seen Kane. Kane yeah. is the masked, burned guy who says, suck it. Like, that's that's Kane. <laughs> suck it. Suck it. Remember this moment in history of wrestling? I, it was I super wanna, weird. I want to make a note to everyone who can't see this. Matt and I are holding <laughs> our hands up to our throats <laughs> because Kane used to have that thing that he would hold up to his throat to talk into. So uh, that's Kane to me. Now, I think the bald guy, that might be the... And he killed off Kane. Oh, and this was Kane coming back to seek vengeance. Yes. That's interesting. Because it's three different characters. It's true. Mm. However, Chris, mm-hmm. I would like to give you my theory, which um, I'm pretty sure is a thousand percent correct. Okay. The answer is so simple. It has been used in WWE one time. Uh this is actually Kane from the Attitude Era, and he was brought to the future through time travel. Oh. Now, how did he time travel, Chris? The answer is even more simple. Er, he used New Day's time machine. Oh. As to why the New Day went back in time, grabbed Kane from the Attitude Era, and then brought him to the future for... Uh, what I think is about a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Go ask Xavier Woods. I can't. He's not here. Please um, go on the Twitter and ask Xavier Woods. Why did At the New Austin Day... Creed wins? <laughs> Austin Creed wins. Ask him, why did the New Day bring Kane from the Attitude Era to 2006 for one month? Tell him WrestleBuddy sent you for a 20% discount. <laughs> on what? I don't know. Uh, advice? <laughs> Answers. Answers. Uh, Matt, I like this. I think this is good. And I like the idea that like he had to wear the mask because the two canes can't see each other face to face or time would collapse on itself. Because that's how time works, I think. I've seen. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Matt, I am a uh, a scientist uh, Mm -hmm. at heart. Not trained, mind you. But like this makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. I I like it because uh, I like time travel and I like simple answers. For storylines that just ended. Oh, there you have it. That's Imposter Kane. That is how it's all wrapped up. Uh, I know there is a news pieces out there that explain what was supposed to happen. But you know what? I'm just going to end it here with time travel. Bam. Guess what? Guess what? Unsolved wrestling mystery. You got solved. That is what we do. We solve wrestling mysteries. Solved your face. And again, if you're going to ask the question, what about Imposter Kane 1? It was Undertaker. He unmasked himself on TV. We already yeah. know the answer. Like, yeah, that's don't be stupid. That storyline was finished. Yeah, unlike this one. Don't don't be an idiot. Rate and review us. Give us five stars. Chris, that was a uh, a walk down memory lane that I had kind of forgotten about <laughs> the dumbest memory lane. Well, not the dumbest memory lane. We're about to get to the dumbest memory lane. All right. Oh, Matt. Well, it's the portion of the show where I haven't looked at the notes cause I'm not allowed to. So we, every once in a while, I come up with a topic to discuss and halfway through it, Matt says, I'm angry about this. I think this might be one of them. Okay. Um, so early days, TNA, TNA has been around a lot longer than a lot of impact wrestling as it's known now has been around a lot longer than people think it started in the early aughts, uh, early, early aughts. Uh, and it's first big sort of total, uh, total company storyline 
was uh, the creation of a faction known as Sports Entertainment Extreme. Uh, they were it, the group. C. Was, huh? C. C. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll. <sighs> so in December 2002, Vince Russo had joined a TNA Total mm-hmm. Nonstop Action. It doesn't stand for. But that it's also. Thing. But it's also. Yeah. Sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Boobies and butts. boobies and butts television it's so stupid um and vince and it was and it was a place where you could watch like great indie wrestlers like samoa joe like aj styles like christopher daniels like all these guys that people knew you could watch them tear the house down Mm -hmm. it was great uh it was they did all the episodes aired weekly on pay-per-view uh it was broadcast from the fairgrounds in Nashville, Tennessee, for some reason. Uh, and it was very silly, uh, but it was also very good. And then Vince Russo joined the team, Matt. Uh, I believe he joined first to help write because obviously Vince Russo, as we know, is very close friends with Jeff Jarrett, who is a co-founder of TNA with his dad, Jerry Jarrett. Um, and then eventually Russo became an on-screen character and he did it to bring some, he did it to bring some flavor. He brought some flavor to the programming. Uh, he was a heel. Shocking, I know. And uh, he he hit, he beat up Jeff Jarrett. And then he introduced his new group. He wanted to change the face of professional wrestling. And this is a quote that he, like, remember, TNA was happening in Nashville. The crowd was a Nashville, Tennessee crowd. If ever there was an old school wrestling crowd, it was the people in that fairgrounds watching TNA. It's still real to them. Damn it. Right. I tried not to curse because I sometimes you get mad when I do that. Um so Vince com- Vince Russo comes to the ring, says like he doesn't like the TNA product and this is what he says. You want smut, don't you? You want nudity, <laughs> don't you? Wait, you want for a second. S- uh-huh. I'm still on smut. I'm still laughing from That's, smut. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Okay, you want smut, don't you? You want nudity, don't you? You want sex, is that right? Well, that's why today is the birth of Sports Entertainment Extreme. Spell it out, baby. C. Yes, he does like it's not written anywhere on screen or on like their video monitors or nothing. So we're not supposed to know that extreme is spelled X-T-R-E-M-E, which guess what? It is. Uh, then he to to further the point of what for uh, I will say this. Uh, the founding members, the founding members of Sex with Vince Russo. Uh, I and since he's he's talking about smut and nudity, you'd think oh he this is just going to be like him being gross around women. The founding members were Vince Russo, BG James, also known as Road Dog. And the Harris brothers, Ron and Don, who you might remember as Skull and Eight Ball from DOA. When I think about none of these people are people that come to mind when you think sex. I don't know. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about I'm thinking about, you know, just sexy times and uh, play the uh, after dark music for me. Thanks. Uh, When I'm when I'm sitting here with that sexy time, I'm thinking about, man, who's the sexiest people in wrestling? First of all. Vinny Russo, oh, so sexy, with that baseball shirt and the gold chain. 
Ooh. Second of all, oh, wait, Matt. Of? Oh, you didn't know? Oh, you know who I better call? Someone sexy. Oh, Road Dog. Ooh. Is he wearing that weird hat that people in the 2000s wear? It's like a bucket on your head that has like a little flare out? Probably. Oh, the bucket hat. Oh, who else am I thinking about when I think about the sexiest people in wrestling? I don't know. Skull and eight ball. Ooh, bikers. The disciples of the apocalypse. Oh, man. Biker mice from Mars shirtless and just abs. Ah. Oh, so sexy. Okay, Chris, go ahead. All right, so. Sexiest uh, combination possible. So then, so at the time in TNA, there is a very popular women's wrestler named Athena. Yeah, she's she's great. Um, Vince Russo calls her to the ring. She's super over with the crowd. And what and like they like watching her wrestle because she's a good wrestler. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what Vince Russo said is these people want to see your breasts. So (laughs) whip them out. Give them to the people. Uh, Shockingly, this does not work. Uh, She does not. Here's the the thing. I just want to stop right this second and explain how Vinny Russo has no clue what Tennessee wants wrestling. We talked about that. It's an old school wrestling town. He has no idea what anybody wants from wrestling, though. That Southern wrestling, if there's a woman mm-hmm. that's a wrestler mm-hmm. who is going to get into the ring, first and foremost, they would like to see her wrestle. I yeah. would say that they are much more progressive during that time period than the rest of the country when it came to women wrestlers. Yeah. The problem with Vince Russo is he, even today, his mind is still stuck in uh attitude era, uh, mm-hmm. the worst parts of the attitude era, not realizing that like a wrestling has changed, but also television has changed. Yes. Uh, and like any, any former writer or promoter that relies on like, well, this worked in 1992. I'm sorry. You don't understand how literally anything about media works Mm-mm. because you're wrong. Um, so that, that was the birth of sports entertainment extreme sex. Yeah, birth. You can call it that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the vomit on the floor of sports yeah, entertainment yeah, yeah. extreme. It's, it's, it's terrible, but like, so the, and I know what you're thinking, but Hey, at least Vince Russo came up with an original idea, you know, like he mm. did something to really shake the foundation of the wrestling industry. Uh, no, it was a ripoff. It was a poor man's ripoff of the NWO. It was essentially this group was invading uh, TNA and like convincing members of the TNA roster to turn their backs on TNA and join sex. Uh, and if you're wondering uh, what that illustrious roster of characters that joined sex was, uh, I'm going to say it like that every time six six uh matt among those we saw joining uh six was oh let's get the music going so we can really because it's sex i mean we need that music. oh this is and this is so sexy okay david flair oh david flair brian lawler who you might remember as grandmaster sexy grandmaster sexy the rock and roll express ricky morton and robert gibson Ooh, give me that rock and roll mm, raven oh the only member of the flock probably on there uh-huh uh glenn gilberti who is also known as disco inferno oh bouncing people away uh, Eric Watts, who's the son of Bill Watts. Oh, Eric Watts. Big Daddy Bill Watts. Yeah. Uh, 
They, uh, uh, who else? Chris Sabin was in there. Oh, a real wrestler who's actually very good. Yeah. Uh, a tag team, uh, the tag team of Chase Stevens and Cassidy O'Reilly. They were known as the Hot Shots. Wow. Oh, hey, there you go. That kind of works because it's hot in their sh- yeah. Hot Shots. Uh, David Young. I don't know who that is. Oh, he's got that young blood. David Young. Someone called Disgraceland. That really doesn't. <laughs> Fit. Oh, no. Wait, let me try. Let me try. Yeah. Disgraceland. Wait, Ooh. no. I, I can do a better read. <clears throat> Ooh. Disgraceland. I'd hate it. I don't like it. No. Uh, uh, Mike Sanders, Sonny Siaki. Whoa, 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 whoa. Above average Mike Sanders? Uh huh. Yeah, I, lo- I actually legitimately loved Above Average. Oh, Mike you Sanders. would love sex. <laughs> Just him. He was the last guy I made a sign for it at a live event. Oh, it, wow. It was a WCW Thunder taping. And I and my sign said, um, Mike, you're much more than above average to me. I just made signs like that to make people annoyed that I'm excited about an undercarder. Uh, like, also, the tag team of The Gathering, which was Julio De Niro and Alexis Lurie. It wasn't it wasn't the ICP guys. No. Oh. The Gathering of the Juggalos, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, Tony Schiavone was in it for one night only as Six's backstage announcer. Oh, Tony Schiavone. Uh, there were three women in the group. Desire. Oh, I've got the Desire. desire. Now, I know, now, now, here's the thing. You would think with a name like Desire, probably the other two are going to be similarly themed. Like Desire, Want, the Lust. lust. Yeah. Uh, no, it was Desire and Ashley Hudson and Ashley Hudson and Holly Wood. Oh, that works on multiple levels. Holly no, it doesn't. Wood. Because it doesn't it's, work on any level. It's terrible. Because her first name is totally like a plant. Holly. And you kiss under it, I think. That's mistletoe. Never mind. It's and mistletoe. Yeah. Wood is like a tree. Trees are tall. And then Hollywood together is a place where stars are born. It's, 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 it's terrible. Uh, I saved the best for last because they're <laughs> the best. For last, Chris Isaacs <laughs> singing wicked game over and over again. Well, his name is that, 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 that man's name is Chris Isaac, not Chris. No, Isaacs. No, it's did not get sued. They, it's clones of Chris oh, Isaac. It's, it's like Chris imposter Isaacs. Chris Isaac. <laughs> It's 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 Luke Gallows in a Chris Isaac mask. <laughs> what a wicked game you play. <laughs> um, no, it's so there was a I and they I mentioned them last week. There was a a three man team within the group known as Triple X. Uh, made up. Ooh, of, ooh, ooh, I know. Ooh. Very hot. Uh, made up of Elix Skipper, Low Key, and Christopher Daniels. Uh, what's worth noting Whoa, is that Triple X. A, I'm sorry. That's just like a. That's a good team. Yeah, that's the thing. They were fantastic. They are responsible for many of T- early TNA's like coolest highlights. There's one. There's one match in specific, uh, or in particular, where I forget who they're wrestling, but it's a it's a it's a cage match, a six sides of steel, six mm. sides of steel, because TNA had the six sided ring, and Elix Skipper does the top rope undertaker walk almost without or no he just he walks across the top of the cage 
and then jumps on the dude on the other side and her and Karana's him off the top of the cage. It's one of the damnedest things you will ever see. Uh, we'll drop the clip or a GIF or something in uh, in the Twitter because it's an incredibly impressive visual sight. He literally tightrope walks the top of the cage to hit a her Karana for a dude sitting on the other side of the cage. It's 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 it defies gravity. It's just woof. Um, so yeah, Triple X was born out of that. That's the literally the only good thing to come from this, uh, except for uh, oh, the right. end of Triple X. Oh no, uh, it ended all. So the is that still was, going on? <laughs> the group was more like it didn't last long. Triple X was formed in December two thousand two and broke up in June two thousand three. Uh, they feuded with a bunch of people, but the primary target seemed to be Jeff Jarrett. Uh, at one point late in the life of Triple X during the feud with Jarrett, uh, Jeff Jarrett showed Vince Russo a video of his children pleading with him to stop being such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, just stop what you're doing, Dad. And Matt, Matt, how do you think Vince Russo responded? Knowing Vince Russo, he probably got angrier. He responded by threatening to beat his children on television. Why don't okay? I'm not gonna say anything. Never mind. Okay, sure. I'm gonna uh, eat. The I'm next gonna eat this troll gummy right here, and then you can just keep going. Uh, and then to follow that up, the next day Vince Russo retired from Impact and Six to become a better dad. The next day. He threatens to beat his kids. Uh-huh. And then has a change of heart overnight and retires. Yes. Why? I what? know what you're thinking. How does that make sense? It doesn't. Like, Do, Jeff like Jarrett showed this... him the video of his kids, like, begging him to stop being so terrible. He threw a fit and threatened to beat his kids. And then the next day I was like, you know what? I'm retired. I'm going to go become a better dad. This is the episode featuring storylines that just end with no explanation of what's well, going on. Well, here's the thing. It doesn't end there. What? So, th so he retires from six, six and that's sort of the beginning of the end, but without him there to lead uh, people within the group, start arguing over who should be the new leader. Like, like disco Inferno does not go by that name because WWE owns that name yeah. uh, attempts to become the leader. It doesn't work out. Sonny Siaki, who's in the group attempts to become the leader. That doesn't work out. The next step obviously is Vince Russo briefly comes back to say, Hey, I own six. So you can't have it. <laughs> So then the group just is, then the group doesn't have a gimmick anymore. Well, like it's over. The way you phrased it was delightful. So you can't have it. I you just realized that. I, I own sex, so you can't have it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need it's, like 40 minutes to calm down from that line. Everything about so it's sex. All, it's all stupid. Uh but it did lead to TNA getting its first authority figure, the director of authority, who was a member of the TNA championship committee. 
What does that mean? Who knows? Uh, Eric six member Eric Watts was the first one. Uh, Vince Russo later became the director of authority as a babyface when he came back because surprise, surprise, his retirement wasn't real. No, uh, it's just they wanted to end the dumb thing. Uh, after Vince Russo, it was Dusty Rhodes. Larry Zbysko was the director of authority at one point. Jim Cornette. It was like a real who's who of uh, old wrestling people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also Vince Russo and also Bill Watts kid. Uh, but yeah, it, sex kind of <laughs> sex kind of went quietly. <laughs> uh, it Because like. After Vince Russo claimed that he owned sex and nobody else could do it. <laughs> no one else can do sex like Vinny Russo. Nobody else can do it, bro. I'm assuming he said, I own sex. You can't do it, bro. Because <laughs> that's kind of how he talks. Uh, then it honestly, the group just kind of faded. Triple X stuck around uh, and kind of broke out on their own because they were awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was sort of it for six just one of the dumbest things in all of tna um and that's how sex works boys and girls there's so many i forgot how bad a lot of this was i went back and watched some of the promos um the oh so the theme song for sex is like this really bad song like s e x sex cells like that's the theme song it's sex, sex, sports entertainment, extreme. Uh, but honestly, digging back into this makes me want to dig into more old TNA stuff. So yeah. get ready, everybody. Wait until we talk about the main event mafia, which was all the old WCW yes. and WWE stars. that were like, we're a stable now. It's T-shirt Sting and Kevin Nash and Kurt Angle and they all dress Sting. T-shirt Sting, but they all dress like they're in a they're in like a low budget remake of The Godfather. Yes, but Sting still wears his face paint. It's everything about it is so weird. We and then definitely, Samoa Joe joins the group at one point. You're like, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah, he was the only young blood, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I, I know the history of that group decently, but anyway, Chris, let's let's close up sex. And open up that mailbag. Are you saying we should finish? Yep. <laughs> Let's open up that old mailbag. This week, we have yet another pretty fantastic question from Del 9000. D9000. Uh, it, it made me laugh a lot. Um, hey, buds, if wrestling gimmicks were real life instead of kayfabe, who would be the most dangerous wrestler of all time? Oh, my God. I mean, this is a Kane, tough one. Did, in theory, didn't Kane burn the Undertaker's mom alive? Yes. That's pretty dangerous. Um, Undertaker's a, catchphrase is digging holes and burying souls. That's pretty dangerous. Now, see, now I'm wondering, like, well, who I have questions now. Like, was Steve Williams Dr. Death? Like, was he a doctor of murder? Because if so, he might be the most dangerous. Mm. Or but, but like I like to think the thing about Steve Williams being Dr. Death is like that's the same name that was given to Dr. Kevorkian. So maybe Steve Williams just did assisted suicide. Oh, then actually he's not that bad of a dude, I guess. Yeah. But like kind of like it's ambiguously like gray or whatever. Okay, right. then then I have to go with Steve Blackman because he's the perfect weapon. He's the lethal weapon. <laughs> the lethal perfect weapon. Um 
shout out though to Stone Cold Steve Austin, also known as the Bionic Redneck, because he can't be killed. He's like, he's like, he's like, what if the Terminator was born in Texas and ate a lot of barbecue? But, but Triple H will find your brain and murder it. He's the cerebral assassin. He'll murder your, he will sit on a rooftop with a gun and shoot your brain. What a jerk. <laughs> so, to answer your question, Del, everybody, every gimmick is the most dangerous of all time, except for the goon. And the, he's just a hockey player. Honestly, he's probably, he's gotten hit in the head a lot. It's actually every, almost every character from like the Attitude Era is the most dangerous. Yeah. Except for Savio Vega. And the Godfather. Yeah, Godfather is. Godfather is just, hey man, pimping ain't easy. I'm just here to protect sex workers. Trying to think of who else, according to their gimmick, would be, like Leo Kruger? He hunted men. Really? Didn't, isn't that Leo Kruger's whole gimmick in NXT? Adam Rose? Yeah. The Rosebud? No, no, no. Leo Kruger, his gimmick prior. Oh, I don't know, man. Like a hunter of men. Because he, he was pretty much Craven the Hunter. That's true. Yeah, There's a lot know, of, man. like, Waylon Mercy. He also hunted people. There's a lot of, like, weird, creepy people that hunt people gimmicks. Uh, What about Honky Tonk Man? Because, now, let me explain. Honky Tonk Man was just Elvis. Mm-hmm. Elvis was da- a d- the biggest danger to himself. But that's not dangerous to me. That's only dangerous to himself. Right, but that but that's still dangerous. I guess. That doesn't make him the most dangerous of all time, really, so I don't think he wins. Um, I think Cerebral Assassin has to be it. I think Triple H is the He's most dangerous. He's a dude who straight up murders your brains. He's a brain It's not even a gimmick, it's just his nickname. <laughs> it's just Jim Ross putting words together. So wait, is, the, is his gimmick the game? Well, no. I'm going to. So like he's like a board game. That's not very dangerous. I think his gimmick was mustache that went down the handlebar mustache. It went down oh, yeah. and then around. it went that down into the mutton chops. Yeah. Yeah. Because that era Triple H, there's not a gimmick. It's just like uh, Iron Cross and I have Sledgehammer. That's pretty dangerous, though. Sledgehammer's yeah. hurt. But I mean, Cerebral Assassin's his nickname. So I think that's going to be his gimmick. Yeah. He's a brain murderer. That's it. We figured it out. It's Triple H and Steve Blackman, the greatest tag team that never was. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap us up for this week. Chris, do you have any final words? Matt, clearly the most dangerous wrestler on earth is RoboCop. He is a murdering robot police officer. No, he's a police officer. He can't. He's protects he people. He flat out murders people in those movies. Oh, what about Chucky? Chucky's pretty murderous. He never wrestled. But he was on wrestling. Pro- I mean, kiss, Robocop. the kiss demon was a demon. Vampire Vampiro was a, a vampire kind mm-hmm. of that set Sting on fire, I guess. Tommy Dreamer was the high school jock. Oh, God, that's very dangerous. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Russell Buddies. We hope you had at least almost as much fun as we did. Go ahead and rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. You can email us questions at WrestleBuddies at GameSpot.com or find us over on Twitter at WrestleBuddies. I am at Chris Hayner. He is at I'm Matt Elfring. See you next week.
Anyway, that is not what we're talking about. Matt, none of this should go in the podcast. It shouldn't? No. Okay, whatever. We just talked about office reruns and our interview techniques for five minutes. That's true. We have to keep these short and concise, baby.